The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, do you know who's minding your call center right now? You'd better know who. Why? Well, because they alone can be responsible for the instant opinion a caller forms about your entire company. Let's face it, it takes more than just being polite, speaking clearly, managing calls, giving info, and resolving issues. So are your call center agents generating roles of ominous thunder or roles of thunderous applause for you. The experts speak. What a panel I have today. Great experts in call center, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to be hearing from Dennis Goodhart from IP Network Consulting. He quotes the 16th president of the U.S., Abraham Lincoln. Everybody loves to quote Lincoln. Great quote. You all know it. You can fool some of the people all the time and all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all the people all the time. We'll find out from Dennis what this has to do with call centers in just a moment. Also joining us is Neil Schacht from Communitech, an old friend of mine from about three months ago. And Neil says, the customer experience is an increasingly critical marketing battleground. Good fighting words there, Neil. And the contact center sits dead center. It's the face your customers see. A great experience with intimacy and personalized service builds what else? Customer loyalty and repeat business. But if not, You hope it doesn't go viral like the United Airlines found out with the clip, the video. We're going to play a clip from the audio in a few minutes. United Breaks Guitars. It has 12.75 million hits on YouTube, and the count is climbing. We'll roll in a clip in just a few minutes, and thanks to Neil for suggesting that. Also rounding out the panel today, our third guest is Jim Goldfinger from SAP. Very simple quote. He says, just because it's usable doesn't mean it's useful. So join us for the next hour for your call center and CRM, the face your customer sees first. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You are listening to us live here on SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, episode number 84. It is Wednesday, May 8th. Where is the year going? I ask that every week, and nobody has answered it yet. Quick question for my Game Changer listeners. You know you have to do it, but just thinking about harnessing big data can be painful. Go to our page on the business channel on Voice America. Click any banner. You go to a page of a resource center. Go look for the complimentary ebook on how to start 
how to start managing your big data and eliminating the pain. Okay, let's meet our panelists today. Dennis Goodhart is principal and founder of IP Network Consulting. He has over 30 years' experience as an executive consultant. As a global telecommunications and IT industry professional, Dennis has, long list here, developed, negotiated, implemented, and managed mission-critical projects for the world's major financial companies. Let's name some name drop here. NASDAQ, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch, J.P. Morgan Chase, and as a sales exec, he worked for global and domestic carriers and major telecom manufacturers such as Nortel and Network Equipment Technology. Welcome, Dennis Goodhart. How are you today? Good morning, Bonnie. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Let's turn to introduce Neil Schacht. Neil is the founder and CEO of Communitech Services. They focus on deploying contact centers and communications-enabled business processes. Those of you who collect alphabets, this is CEBP. Neil is also a consultant for business strategy and advanced technologies, former founder of the International VoIP Council, now part of the IMS Forum. He's a contributor to No Jitter and UC Strategies websites, and Neil was named a Top 100 Voice uh, to that list in the IP communications industry by Internet Telephony Magazine. Welcome, Neil Schacht. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you for inviting me to join you this morning. Pleasure to have you on board. And Jim Goldfinger leads the CRM Customer Value Network at SAP managing what he calls a vibrant community. We love vibrant communities, Jim, of thousands of active SAP CRM stakeholders, including customers, value-added partners, and product specialists. He was an early pioneer in the CR industry. Jim has spent 25 years and more in product management, sales, marketing, professional services roles, and he has personally led the implementation of over 100 CRM projects around the world, a frequent author and speaker at industry events. Jim Goldfinger from SAP, how are you today? Fantastic, Bonnie. And again, thank you for uh, including me today as well. Wonderful. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. And we're going to talk to you about your quote and Neil and Dennis as well. But I think it's time to do something different on the show. We've never rolled in an audio clip. And thank you so much to Neil Schack for suggesting it. So Brad, our trusty engineer, I call him EE Engineer Extraordinaire, is going to roll in a clip from Breaking Guitars, Whatever Happened to United and the Guitar. Brad, you ready? Okay, we're going to do it. Hang tight. Because United breaks guitars. When we landed in Nebraska, I confirmed what I suspected. Mike Taylor had been the victim of a vicious act of malice at old hair. And so began a year-long saga. Up past the buck, don't ask me And I'm sorry, sir, your claim can go nowhere So do all the airlines people From New York to New Delhi Including kind Miss Earlwig Who says the final word from them is no I've heard all your excuses And I've chased your wild gooses and this attitude of yours, I say, must go. I've heard all your excuses and I've chased your wild gooses. I think that's telling as far as reputation of some companies call center. So let's go back to our opening quotes from my guests and find out what they really meant. And let's deep dive into our topic of 
your call center and CRM, that's customer relationship management, in case you've been hiding under a rock somewhere. The face your customer sees first, and there's a little bit of a, uh, not an oxymoron, but maybe in there. So Dennis Goodhart, quoting Abraham Lincoln, why? He was uh, born in 1809, died in 1865, way too early as we know. Why quote Abraham Lincoln talking about call centers? Dennis? uh, Bonnie, I, I think that Abraham Lincoln's secret to success was that he understood human nature. And by understanding human nature, he was able to, to leverage his strengths to be successful and accomplish his goals. I, I think that in um, today's economy, in today's business world, with the way technology is changing, with the demands of customers, if you want to be successful and you want to be remembered for what you do as a company and positive, you need to be able to leverage your strengths. But first, you have to know what those strengths are. Okay, so good words to the wise. We'll be talking to you a lot more during the roundtable. Thank you, Dennis. Always good to hear a quote from Honest Abe, and I think he really was. (laughs) Neil Shack, Communitech. A lot of pithy stuff here in your quote today. Let's see if we can nail some of it. Customer experience, that's really what it's all about, Neil, is an increasingly critical marketing battleground. Wow. And the call center sits dead center. It's the face your customers see. Talk to me, Neil. You have a lot of years in the industry. Why do you call it a battleground? With whom? Well, it's a battleground for the hearts and minds of your customers. And what you're fighting is your competitors. You know, in, in... Traditional marketing, and you know, the introduction to almost every marketing textbook starts out the same way. They talk about the four P's, product, price, place, and promotion. And those are the, you know, those are the different spheres that marketing can influence a customer or a buying decision. And, and the contact center really sits in two of those. It, it sits in place because it's, it's mm-hmm. the channel. It's a means by which you have contact with your customer and, and, and the most intimate because it's, it's one-to-one. It's personal. And it, it also touches on everything else because depending on the nature of, of what your product or services are, it may have to do with a price. It may have to do with promotion. It may have to do with place. But traditionally, the contact center has, has not really, you know, it's been a tangent. It's been sort of a dark backwater that's isolated. And increasingly, it's becoming part of that marketing mix and increasingly important. Neil, we all know that once the United Breaks Guitars video went out, it went viral. But part of that video, and I I did watch it, very interesting. I've seen it several times, actually. Part of it is what happened when this person contacted the United Call Center. He was rebuffed. He had wild goose chases and goose eggs in terms of response. And no, we won't help you. No, we won't fix it. No, we won't replace it. Blah, blah, blah. Social media. How does that come into it in terms of getting this negative message out when the call center, in this case, just part of the story, failed miserably? Where does social come in today, Neil? Quickly, please. Well, traditionally, a contact center has handled traditional means of communications, but now it, now it can handle social communications as well. And social communications are very powerful. You know, you could send out, you could send out a Twitter and have it go out to tens of millions of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you better, you better be careful how you treat your customers. So, by the way, I, I double-checked the statistics last night, and the yes. two versions of that video totaled 14.6 million views. And keep in mind, it's four minutes long. 
So, you know, if you, if you add up what it would cost for TV time to reach that many people, you know, you're talking in the millions of dollars. But, but when are you going to get somebody that actively engaged that's going to watch something for four minutes? There you go. Well, you have to hit a heartbeat. You have to hit a note. You have to hit somebody's sensibility of right and wrong. I think that's what it really comes down to, Neil. We're going to talk a lot more about that as we get into the conversation. I want to bring in Jim Goldfinger from SAP. Very simple quote here, Jim, but I have a feeling there's a lot of meat on the bones. So you told me just because it's usable doesn't mean it's useful. Please explain, Jim, what did you mean by that? Sure, Bonnie. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, I've been doing, I've been in this space for the last, you know, 25 to 30 years. And what I've observed is a number of companies, uh, when they go into this area of wanting to uh, get into quote unquote CRM or call centers, their focus tends to be on efficiencies. And so they, they're looking for technology that'll make things easier for them. I want to quickly track a call. I want to quickly uh, give it to, you know, escalate it if I can't solve it. I want to quickly uh, move on to that. I want to get off the phone very quickly and so forth. So everything is about efficiency, usability, and so forth. And I think we're, I think if that's your aspiration, you're missing the the opportunity to, as Neil said before, provide, really create a competitive advantage and frankly, transform your business and your relationships with your customers. So there are ways to, to forge efficiencies that don't necessarily help drive bottom or, or certainly don't drive top line. So uh, when I talk about making it useful, not just usable, it's when I'm on the phone with a customer, what information do I have about that customer mm-hmm. that can help me forge a more intimate conversation, a more beneficial and a more uh, productive and, frankly, profitable conversation. And, and that, to me, is about bringing in the information I know about a customer, whether it's prior sales, whether it's the personality of the customer, and there are now, you know, algorithms that can determine personalities and Mm -hmm. and direct call center agents to handle that one customer different than another, Uh, whether it's, as Neil was talking about, or our example with United, uh, looking at the impact on of social media. So if someone has, you know, thousands of followers, I need to judge them differently uh, versus the old days where, you know, I just look at this and say, well, they, they haven't bought in a while, therefore they're not worth much to us. Well, if they have a very loud voice uh, in the ether, then uh, we have to look mm-hmm. at that differently. So that's really what I was talking about is that you have to look well beyond efficiencies and look for business effectiveness, transformation, and competitive advantage and use all the, the tools and information available to you to make better decisions to forge better interactions. Thank you, Jim. Very well put. And I want you to level set for me before we go to break in about a minute and a half. We're talking about a call center. When I close my eyes and think call center, I think of a big room with little cubbies, people with headsets on, and some kind of a digital Rolodex, and I don't know how they take notes, and they're looking up the customer in some kind of a database, so they're finding out where the person's calling from. I see a big operation. Let's say uh, Bobby and Sam just started a small company, and Bobby picks up the phone and says, Hi, this is Bobby and Sam's Use Record store. How may I help you? And somebody complains. Is Bobby or Sam, are they the call center at that point? How big does it have to be to qualify as a call center? And do the rules matter any less for a small company than a big one? Jim, quickly. 
Uh, I would consider that a call center, absolutely. If you're answering the phone on behalf of your on behalf of your company, for sure. Uh, do the rules matter? Absolutely, the rules matter. Perhaps you know you might say they they matter more. It depends how you look at it, but certainly your ability to survive and create a competitive advantage is is based. Uh, I think, you know, in great part on how you're leveraging what you know uh, about that customer, about these types of calls, about the historical perspective, and there are now opportunities to leverage certain technologies even on a, a very small scale to give you that advantage. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. To our listeners, you don't even want to think of touching that app, that dial, that mouse. However you're listening to us, you're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are live. I'm speaking to a lively panel today, Dennis Goodhart from IP Network Consulting, Neil Schacht from Communitech, and Jim Goldfinger from SAP. Our topic today, your call center in CRM, the face your customer sees first. I don't care what size company you are in, whether you own it, manage it, run it, or work for it. This is important to you and your success. Stick around. There's a lot more coming up. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a break. 57 seconds. Count them, kids. We'll be right back. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for our segment called What's in Your Cup Today? But first, I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to our topic, Your Call Center in CRM the face your customer sees first. If you think about call center, does it conjure up workforce management? Who is minding the store? Queue management, who's minding the calls? Quality monitoring, what are they saying? How do they speak to customers? Reporting, how do they document it? Workforce management software, perhaps cost effectiveness. Is your call center a profit center or a drain center? We'll be covering all of that and more right after this segment when we dive into our roundtable. But first, I'm just dying to know what my guests are drinking today. So, Dennis Goodhart from IP Network Consulting. What's in your cup today, Dennis, and where are you calling from? Well, Barty, I, I am not a, um, a coffee drinker. Okay. I'm actually a tea drinker. And I, I think uh, for, for, for me the ultimate tea drinking experience was uh, in Paris on the left bank, uh, people watching from a cafe, from a bistro, and and just enjoying uh, everything that Paris is. The Very nice. Thing, the only yes. thing that I think that might top that might, might be a um, 
a pina colada or a mai tai on the beach in Aruba, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a different kind of coffee break. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Neil Schacht, what's in your cup today? What's your best story? Uh, well, what's in my coffee today is the same coffee I drink every morning as I look out from uh, my beautiful vantage point up the Chicago River onto Lake Michigan, and I have coffee from the health club that I've been told is uh, locally sourced, free-range, cord-fed, vegan, fat-free, trade approved <laughs> and vegan and kosher-friendly. <laughs> that, that's more complicated than ordering a cup at Starbucks, for goodness sake. Talk about if a call center had to take that from you when you were complaining about one of those five or six or eight or ten qualifications. Thank you, Neil. It sounds delicious, whatever it is. How does it taste? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's free, so it tastes awesome. <laughs> okay, we know about how you're doing. Okay, Jim Goldfinger, what are you drinking today, my friend? So, Bonnie, the, uh, I am drinking the, the coffee from Starbucks, but uh, rather than talk about what's in the cup, I just prefer to talk about the cup. If you haven't oh, bought the dollar cup from Starbucks, you know, I, I compare two things that I'm always looking for the perfect fit for is a computer case to travel with and a coffee cup and uh-huh. uh, this is the best dollar I've ever spent on a coffee cup that has the best top that snaps tight it's it doesn't break uh, and not only do you get your money back very quickly getting a dime off you know I found out that I uh, not only get a dime off at Starbucks but here at my office and many other places so uh, to me we're giving back to the environment by reusing it but it happens to be to me the perfect coffee cup that's a wonderful story. And, you know, if you're really good on the show, I'm going to send you the official SAP Game Changers coffee mug, and you can have two favorite cups. So there, Jim, we'll talk about that after the show. I have to read a couple of tweets here. We are hearing from the beautiful Kristen Mestri from SAP, who is headquartered in Miami, Florida. And she says, my breakfast beverage today is a mango magic smoothie. Mango, ma- you're going to love this, guys. Mango magic is all call center employees need to have happy Happy customers. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Kristen. I love that. And we're hearing also from my co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin. He says, after a grueling day yesterday working the SAP press announcement of HANA Enterprise Cloud, Malcolm needed a second cup of his favorite Equator coffees. And what other flavor would it be? You all know that. Equator coffees, alligator French. Thank you, Malcolm. Appreciate that. And as everyone who listens to the show knows, they don't let Bonnie have caffeine on show days. There, I rest my So let's get into our roundtable. Dennis Goodhart, you wrote me before the show and you said you love to have people visiting your website read the old Rumi fable. And those of you who don't know Rumi, he is a 13th century Persian poet, jurist, theologian, and mystic. I know him mostly as a mystic. He had a a fable called The Blind Men and the Elephant. I'm sure everybody has heard about it, but why don't you tell us why it's on your website? That's interesting, Dennis. Let's kick off. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, we, we point this out to our prospects and, and clients because it's important that they understand the entire picture. See, seeing part of their business, seeing uh, the, uh, the department that they work in, seeing their group, and not understanding the, the total picture, the total commitment to the company, it, it doesn't work. It, it fragments the company. So... What we want our customers to understand is while we may be addressing a specific issue, problem for them, and, and specifically related to call centers, okay, they have to understand that with that call center, they need to deliver the entire 
company message through that call center. In, in many, many cases, as we know, the call center is the first and sometimes the only contact that a customer will have with, with a company, and they will form their opinions and make judgments based on that initial contact center um, encounter. Thank you. I want to bring Neil Schacht into this. Neil, I have some notes here from you. I, I think you're exactly thinking what Dennis is saying. You say business can gain invaluable knowledge by gathering firsthand customer input. And here's, here's what I want to talk about, Neil. Agents as the face of the organization hear things differently from what management hears. So talking about elephant, different people, seeing different parts. The whole is bigger than the sum of those parts. Talk to me, Neil. What do the agents hear? What does management hear? And most important, I believe, what does the customer hear in these interactions? Talk to me. Well, what the agent hears is what the customer is saying, unfiltered. It's not put into a little spreadsheet. There's not a bunch of click boxes. It's not structured and forced into a format. And that's, that, that's generally what management gets. Management doesn't get a huge unfiltered pile of information. It, it gets it, you know, it gets it where it's already been shaped. But, but what, what if those questions and what if those formats don't really reflect what people are saying? So the agent is listening to one-on-one, and the agent is also hearing things that can't be transmitted by paper. The agent's mm-hmm. hearing frustration, or the agent's hearing somebody who's really excited. Uh, you know, I think about the, probably the, the, the contact center agents I talk to the most would probably be at Amazon if there's something, you know, if I'm trying to decide if I should buy something or there's some issue mm-hmm. with a product. And I'm, I'm going to ask all kinds of unstructured things, and in some cases they may be bizarre or unusual, but they're the things that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Then there's what management sees. Management wants to see quality of experience, response time, more formatted sorts of items, as I mentioned. And what is the and what is the customer here? The customer hears first and foremost. Does anybody out there care about me? Mm-hmm. Does anybody want to take care of my needs? And I want to do business with somebody who wants to take care of my needs. That's right. I want to be heard. I want to be listened to. I want to be understood. I want to be told I have a valid point. I want to be answered politely and promptly by somebody who cares, even if we know that person is sitting perhaps, Neil, side by side with a 100 other similar agents and they have a quota of how many calls they take each day. We still want to know for that few moments, those few moments, that we matter to them. Isn't that what it really is in a nutshell, Neil? Yes, and, and think about what happens before the agent is actually talking to the customer. Someone calls in. Does anybody know who they are? How long do they have to wait and hold? How many prompts are they going to go through? How long is it mm-hmm. to be connected? How many endless menus do you sit through? I, I recently had to return my mother's cable box for Comcast, mm-hmm. and I dialed in twice in a row. Each time I went through 20 minutes waiting for an agent. Oh, and and oh. then it can and then it canceled. Oh. So after 40 minutes, I had absolutely nothing to show for my investment. Now, if I had reached an agent, what would I have said to an agent? I don't know, but you know, there's a lot that <laughs> takes place in the contact center before the agent actually even gets to talk to the customer. 
Neil, that's what I would call unstructured data, what you might have said after 40 minutes. And to me, and I'm, Jim, I want to bring you into this in a second. To me, one of the most frustrating things happens today, and it happens over and over again, is you're asked to enter your customer number, or your account number, or your phone number, something either verbally on one of the prompts before the agent, live person comes on the line. And then when they get on, they say, please give me your account number. And I want to scream, grab a virtual hammer, clock them over the head and say, hey, MOR. R-O-N, I already gave that information. Why are you asking again how disorganized is your call center? But I don't say that because that will mean they probably won't listen to me and won't be nice. At that point, let's bring in Jim Goldfinger. Jim, you said best-in-class businesses recognize the importance of getting closer to customers, and here's the kicker. Customers expect them to know the customer intimately regardless of the channel of interaction. How many channels are you thinking about, and what's the solution to getting to know the customer? How many minutes does a call center person have to get to know that customer, Jim? Yeah, Bonnie. So, you know, with regard to getting to know the customer, your example is simply my customer number. So I shouldn't have to tell you more than once. You should know that. Or if I keyed it in, you should have it. And where we see that example is when calls get transferred and therefore the information doesn't carry through. But, you know, in the old days, uh, you know, many years ago, we were already setting the expectation that you might find my caller ID and you'd pick up my record. What what the bar has been raised, right, that uh, customers now expect you not only to know me as a customer, know that I am a customer, what my number is, but as a result, how much business I've done with you, whether I've complained in the past, frankly, whether I've been paying my bills, and if that's an indication of anything else. We talk about challenges. Uh, you know, each customer has a different preference of communication. So some much prefer to do self-service, so they want to hit a website. If they do hit a website, uh, in the ideal state, if I've, let's say, submitted uh, an issue, a complaint to a website, if I follow that up with a phone call, I would certainly expect the agent to know that I've done that and that be part of my record when they find it. So get, you know, identify me and know me in the next you know, generation of, of capabilities which are there now is know what uh, conversation I might be I might have had about you, my vendor, uh, but not with you. In other words, I'm talking about you on Twitter. I'm I'm exchanging information. I'm complaining about you at other sites and so forth, and be able to determine that and bring that into that new 360 degree view. So. Uh, that's the that, those technologies. In fact, we can go a step further. You talked about the frustrated customer. Not mm-hmm. every customer has the same personality, right? So there are now ways of treating, of identifying personalities of customers and treating them differently in the way that they're speaking. So you know that's really where this is going. And you know, customers. Once I get a taste of it, you know, once I get a taste of of an airline, or you know, when I call uh, and they and they tell me immediately that they picked up my caller ID and that um, there's a pretty good chance I'm calling about the flight that I'm taking today, so they're going to tell me whether it's on time or not. Then I expect every airline to do that, and anyone who doesn't, uh, I start deferring back to the airline who does. So. You know, the, whoever is taking best advantage of technology is setting a new bar and an expectation across that market space. Thanks, Jim. And that goes back to Neil Schacht's mention in his opening quote about call centers being part of that marketing battleground. Guess what, guys? It is time for us to take a break. I don't want to frustrate my engineer. That would be a shame. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to open again with Jim Goldfinger. I want to talk about how people listening 
from whatever size their company is anywhere in the world, can go from a reactive state in their call center to a proactive state and ultimately all the way up to predictive. What is the status of the 360-degree view of a customer? Where is it in the evolution stage right now? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, whatever you're using. Stay tuned. We're here live on the Business Channel. Right back at you. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to coffee break with game changers I like to say, je pense donc, je suis, go figure that one out. We want to do a shout-out to the lovely Margot, who is just tweeting about our discussion on the Persian poet and mystic Rumi and his elephant in the dark story. Thank you, Margot. Appreciate that. And a shout-out to all things CRM who retweeted Margot's tweet. Thank you. We love to have these Twitter parties during the live show. Jim Goldfinger, SAP. When we left off in the last segment we were talking, I asked you to talk about reactive And let's have a little arrow going to proactive, which is a really good thing. And then a forward arrow going to predictive in terms of how can you mature your call center to get from A to B to C. Jim, what's the status of big company call centers today? Are they still reactive? Are they going toward proactive? And how many have achieved predictive or is the technology not there yet? Talk to me. Uh, so, Bonnie, I, first of all, I, the, the technology is certainly there, to, only recently there, but it is there to be predictive. It's really about the maturity of the company's uh, ready, state of readiness, if you will, to, to uh, get to that state. So, you know, reactive in a call center is, again, customers calling, they have a problem, you're trying to solve it, and, and everything is reactive. Proactive is, you know, looking for certain easy-to-spot trends, right? You've called in for, you know, the, 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 uh, an issue with a product for the third time this year, so let me uh, proactively sell you an extended warranty or proactively uh, pitch you a replacement product. And predictive is when we get ahead of that, we start looking at trends, we start identifying uh, when you're not waiting for you to call me, but me reaching out to you and saying, look, based on what we know from other customers for the products that you now have, here's what we're doing for them, here's what we think you should do. Uh, And predictive can be, uh, it can be, a more of a proactive outreach, but it can also be 
during the call, the customer's calling, and what I'm using is all the information I have at my disposal. So offers, for example, that I've been making across hundreds of uh, agents across multiple geographies and knowing which ones have had the highest success rate in the last hour based on certain factors that I can throw into the mix. The technology that allows us to uh, put you know, literally millions of records of database, aggregate that, get insights in the moment so that while I'm on the phone with the customer, I can make the right recommendation. You know, that's there. As I mentioned before, there's also algorithms that uh, Mm -hmm. can identify the type of personality that you have, and therefore I can either, you know, over time start routing you to uh, the right type of personality of an agent and or the right type of offer or the right conversation. So, you know, we've been talking about being very responsive and caring and this and that. Well, there are certain customer personalities that don't need to be coddled. They just want a quick answer. Differentiating one from another and knowing who to stay on the phone with longer, who to make the certain offer to uh, over another is really the, you know, the nirvana here and, and where the, uh, you know, where you really can start to get a huge, uh, build a huge, you know, competitive advantage. So those technologies are there. I think, you know, as I mentioned before, I think a number of companies go into their initiatives thinking about just squeezing out uh, some more productivity and efficiencies. Therefore, they don't really have that state of readiness. They may not have systems that can pull all that information together in real time that can make those recommendations in real time. And that's, you know, what companies should be looking at because, as I mentioned before, if you're not and your competitor is, you know, you're no longer competing with yourself and, and improving how you operate. You're competing with anyone else who's prepared to change the game on you. Thank you, Jim. I want to go back to my topic question today and have Neil and Dennis chime in here. My question was, do you know who's minding your call center right now? Who should be the right one to pick up that phone the first time? And to whom else should that call be routed? I know, Neil, you make a point of being proactive enough to know who's the right person in the company. It might not be that agent. It might be somebody deeper in the company. How easily can you get to them? Neil, your thoughts. Does it matter? How do you pick the right people for your call center? Let's get really down to tactical brass tacks here. Neil? Okay, Bonnie, I'm, I'm going to answer that at a tactical level, but then I'm going to shift back to the strategic level because I Please think it's do. important to put in context. So on, on the tactical question, it's got to be somebody who's empathetic, who mm-hmm. wants to help customers, and it's got to have it's got to be someone who has enough skills that that they know how to handle all of these different communications mediums. But more importantly, They have to understand the core, the essence of the business. They have to understand where the information is in order to solve that customer's problem. Now, let me, let me go. The reason why I want to shift back to the strategic is what Jim just said before is very important, but it's important to put in context. When Jim was talking about reactive organizations, you know, those are organizations where the call center was a call center. And then it's got a little bit more sophisticated, and you started blending it with other tools and, and analytics and things. You know, then we started calling it a contact center. But, but really, that, that sort of misses the point, because contact center, it, that's saying there's a dedicated group of people that sit in a silo that have a specific function. Mm-hmm. I, I think the bigger picture, the answer is there's a lot of people within the organization that should be responding to the customer. And they may not fit into this neat little category where they call the call center. Because in order to solve customers' problems, 
You have to do all the things that Jim talked about, but you also have to be wired in. You have to be connected into the other systems that run the company. If I'm calling, Bonnie, if you're calling me up with a question about your bill, I have mm-hmm. to be able to look instantly into the financial systems of the company and see what's going on. I, 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 need, I need to have access to CRM systems, the customer relationship management software, and that's where I get these different insights into you and the experiences you've had and the context. But, but the point is all of these things have to come together to give somebody really great service, and, and that's where it's got to go. Sounds like a lot of training and a lot of systems and that empathetic person who can think quickly on their feet, standing up, sitting down, wherever they are on the pure tactical level, Neil. Somebody who can really manage quickly to address the data and the human being on the other end of the phone and make decisions. Dennis Goodhart, why don't you chime in here? What are your thoughts on who should be sitting in that hot seat at the call center right now? De- definitely, to, to your point, Bonnie, uh, the call center person is an evolving, an uh, uh, evolving position. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it is it is no longer the person that just sits there and reads reads a script and says, oh, "Okay, your your computer's broken. I'm going to send <laughs> you out a part, or you know, please please send Thank your computer you. back to to this address, and in six yes. weeks, you know, we'll we'll send it back to you." I think the call center, a company contact center, provides a company with a very unique situation. Number one, they have a captive audience. There may be no better point to further enhance the company's relationship with that customer. Just think, you know, if you look, I come from a sales background. Mm-hmm. My family was in retail. I was in sales before I was a consultant. And if you just think about this, what an opportunity to to upsell to your customer, to establish that bond between you and your customer. And I think we mentioned it before, you know, do does the customer, the person that's calling in, do they get the impression that you really care about them? You know, in my, my own personal life, um, I deal a lot with companies like American Express, I think American Express has one of the best trained call centers in in the, in the world. Why? I, Why, Dennis? Why do you say best trained in the world? You have a vast experience, many years in the business. That's a big accolade for them. What makes them one of the best in the world? No, num, number one, they, they answer the calls pretty promptly. I, I don't okay. think I'm, I'm ever on the phone more than a few minutes before somebody answers the call. Number two, I have... On very, very rare occasions, had to call back twice to to have something resolved. Number three, the agent who I am speaking with, I really get the impression that they that they are trained to resolve my issue. They want to maintain me as a customer, and they will do whatever they can to make sure that happens. And as a result, you know, I don't have an issue calling American Express. Uh, you know, the opposite nope. of that was year, years years ago when I bought a Dell computer, and mm-hmm. I had to call for service, and it was offshore. Uh, it could take literally days to get through to, to 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 even get somebody who then did not understand, had no idea what your problem was. 
That's you brought up a, a big point. Thank you, Dennis. Where are the call centers today? Are they offshore? Are they outsourced? Are they sitting at company headquarters or in a tent somewhere in a field where everybody's drinking Kool-Aid and saying, kumbaya, we're the call center and we're happy to take these calls? Where are they? Neil, talk to me. Where are the call centers, the real people? Where are they sitting today? Well, they could be anywhere. And the point is, with the technology, you can make anything happen. So it comes down to a business strategy of what do you want to make happen. I could have a call center. I could have a call center and route calls between here and and India and the Philippines. Uh, you hear lots of stories about people bringing stuff back to the United States because customers don't, you know, a lot of customers don't like dealing with somebody overseas. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you still see a lot of that overseas as well. It's what makes good business sense for your own organization. Neil, I'm going to ask a personalized question. I'll open this up to you, Dennis and Jim. We just have about two minutes, a minute and a half left till the break before we go to our crystal ball segment. Question is, do people prefer to speak with someone at a call center whose accent is the same as their own? Interesting question, trying not to make it. There are no ethnic overtones or any other to my question. So let, let's just go down the line very quickly. Dennis, does that matter, yes or no, and why, quickly? What, what matters to me is not the accent, but that the person understands the message that I'm conveying, why I am calling. Okay. Thank you very much. Neil, what do you think? Is it the accent, the flavor of the voice? Do we want to talk to someone who talks like we do? Yes, no, or why? I, I, my priority, I want to spend as little time on the phone as possible getting an answer to my problem. So it's whoever can help me the most expeditiously possible, regardless of accent. Okay, thank you. Jim Goldfinger, SAP. Thoughts, opinions? Talk to me. Yeah, I would say the same thing. And because I'm in this space, in this business, I have a certain amount of patience based on the type of product I'm calling about, what my issue is. And, you know, the more technical, uh, the higher the bar of, of expectation and also knowing what it costs to, to run a support center, right? So, um, but yeah, I think to, to their points, uh, it's not so much the accent, but the, the level of efficiency and competency to, to, to solve the problem. Okay, thank you. You know what, guys? It's time for us to go to break. I want Dennis Goodhart from IP Network Consulting, Neil Schacht from Communitech, and Jim Goldfinger from SAP. I want you to take out that chamois or that polishing cloth or dust rag, whatever is handy. Polish off the crystal ball. When we come back, I'm going to ask each of you in that order, Dennis, Neil, Jim, what do you see? What can you predict for call centers? What will they be like? What will our interactions be? Will they really be predictive five years from today, 2018? I'm giving you 57 seconds to think about it and come back with great answers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. You don't want to miss the predictions this time. We'll be right back. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. 
SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And now it's time for the Crystal Ball segment. I'm asking my guests today, Dennis Goodhart, Neil Shackton, Jim Goldfinger, where will the call center and CRM customer relationship management be in 2018? Dennis, how clear can you see into the future, and can you take me all the way to 2018? I don't think we need to wait to 2018. I think that okay. uh, we, we could do it at 518, <laughs> uh, uh, 13. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, I think what we're going to see and what we are seeing, you know, as, as Jim and Neil have, have uh, discussed, we're, we're seeing an evolution of the call center. And, and I think that maybe continuing to call it a call center is a misnomer. It, um, I would look at it more as a customer fulfillment center, and um, with, with the new technologies that are available, especially uh, technologies that are in the works like WebRTC and uh, the, the uh, mobility that's out there today, all the different channels that are available to a customer to call in, including social media, we're, we, we have that, that is a, there's going to be a different way in which a call has to be handled, which uh, a customer has to be handled in order to make that customer feel that they are getting their value from that company. So the the tools that are out there, being able to use collaboration-type tools to uh, bring together the, the different databases that are out there so that it can be predictive. And, and yes, it can be predictive. And, and I, I think that this is what is going to be the involvement of what we currently call call centers. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Neil Schacht, how far into the future can you see, my friend? Oh, I could see very far, Bonnie, but I think the ingredients are all here today. Uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a paper on this not too long ago that people could find online on No Jitter if they'd like to read it, and I made a series of predictions. And one of them, I think the central prediction, is that the contact center is no longer going to be isolated. I mean, I, it, it, it came out to be its own department because that was the limitations of the technology. But, you know, as I was talking about earlier, in order to be really effective for the company, it's got to tie together all the other databases and all the other systems that are within the company in order to deliver value to the customer. And I I think it's going to transform and it's going to continue to transform into becoming a really vital part of the business. Er, Earlier, Jim gave a description of what predictive analytics meant and the power of analytics. As you start combining the, the data that the customers are accessing, the information that's available to the contact center agent, and what the customer needs are, along with all of the other analytic capabilities within the company, you're providing a very, very rich source of data. And, and you know, that's marketing 101. Marketing 101 
is, is analyzing data, quantifying data, making decisions for the business itself on how to provide better value to the customers. So I think the contact center as a standalone entity will, will disappear. It'll be absorbed mm. within the marketing function within the organization. And, and it play an increasingly pivotal role in the battle to attract and keep customers. Thank you. Well put. I appreciate it, Neil and Jim Goldfinger from SAP. How far out can you see? How clearly can you see into the future, Jim? Well, I'll, I'll predict a future based on the past, and, and I've been mm-hmm. in this business for the last 30 years. And um, I don't know if it's sadly or whether it's just an opportunity for the forward-thinking uh, thought leaders, but... This is not a fast-moving industry. Uh, I have not seen uh, game-changing technologies over the last 30 years. What I've seen is a shift in the platforms. I think we're Mm -hmm. at the precipice now where we can, you know, with with, uh, in-memory computing, with uh, algorithms that can, or you know, that can determine your personality and, and route you to the right operator as a result um, to make the right offer and so forth. The technology is there to get us to the next level, but uh, frankly, the industry that, as I mentioned before, the com- uh, customers' state of readiness uh, to move forward is much slower to adapt. This is not an industry that that I've seen move very fast. So I think what you'll see in in five five years out is you will see a segment, I think it's probably still a small segment, who is creating significant competitive advantage by taking full advantage and leveraging these technologies uh, because they are about, you know, investing where systems are working for you and you're not working for them. But I think it's going to take another, you know, five to ten years beyond that before that becomes mainstream. Okay, so will we go from – yes, go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry, it's Dennis. Oh, hi, Dennis, yes. um, If I may, I do want to make a comment about what what Jim just said and what Neil Mm -hmm. said. And and I think that um, part of the problem is that companies still look at call centers as expense centers or cost centers. And the the thinking needs to – and I'll use the word evolve again – it needs to change. Mm Mm-hmm. Companies need to understand that their call centers are probably one of one of their potentially biggest sources of revenue. And even if if it's not hard dollar revenue, it's that publicity that they get. It's the relate the public relations that can be built from that call center, from that agent, from that one unique experience, one caller at a time. Very, very good point. I think I brought that up, whether it was in the beginning of the show. Is it a profit center or a profit drain? I'm going to give a bonus question to my guests right now. We have just about an extra minute and a half, which is like gold in radio, especially when you're live. I want to know who should be managing the call center, the DNA of the call center manager. Where should they report up to the C-suite, where along the food chain should they be in the organization? So quickly, uh, maybe their training, their age, their gender, I don't care how you describe it. Give me a quick overview, 30 seconds each, really fast, on the DNA of the person who should be managing the reactive, proactive, and predictive evolutionary call center. Dennis Goodhart, IP Network Consulting, go. It doesn't matter male, female, doesn't matter age. person has to be... Uh, astute in business, part psychologist, part technologist, ah. and part father confessor. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. Getting religious on me. Neil Schacht, Communitech. Do you agree? Disagree? Just give me your who, the DNA of the call center manager. Who, where, what, how, why? Well, they should report to the chief marketing officer, and they should have a. They should be somebody who could understand and synthesize what customers are saying, so that they could tell management what customers want, what they're asking for, and how to, and ultimately how to make the company more profitable. Okay, Jim Goldfinger, SAP. Talk to me fast. Yeah, I'm I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy, and I'm I'm one for letting you know whatever computers can tell us. Uh, I'm all over that, and so uh, I think the call center manager of the future is one that has a full appreciation for what technology is available, make the right decisions on what to deploy, uh, recognize how it can be best leveraged to bring out and uh, maximize the effectiveness of any set of operators, and obviously has to. I think uh, you know we're talking about part psychologist. Clearly, has to be a good manager of people, but if you're missing out on understanding how technology can can give you that competitive advantage, uh, you're going to fall behind. Father, confessor, mother, superior. Should this person have great empathy? And what would their college degree be, Jim, just so that people are listening and saying, wow, I want to be a call center manager in the next five years. What would that degree be, quickly? I'd say, uh, you know, a double major of humanities and statistics. Oh, interesting. Neil, do you agree? Dennis, you do, do you agree quickly? Yes, no, fast. I was going to say something. I was going to say I, I would agree with that. I was going to say marketing and analytics, which is almost the same. I love it. Okay, kids, we're out of time. I have to do my predictions. They're written down, so it's really easy. Next week on Coffee Break with Game Changers, it's Sapphire Week. If you're not at Sapphire, even if you are, join us. We're going to be talking on Wednesday, May 15th, about CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility and Sustainability. I have a great panel. May 22nd, Part 4 of How Smart is BI Without a Strategy, bringing back a great panel. Jason Rose, Josh Greenbaum, and Brian Summer. Woohoo! And those of you going to Sapphire, I'll be doing some remote interviews having a lot of fun with our engineers here at the Business Channel and Malcolm, my co-producer. And don't forget, on Tuesdays, we're live with Financial Excellence with Game Changers, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern here. Next Tuesday, May 14th, the role of internal audit. Are they GRC police or the driver in control of your risk and compliance programs? May 21st, you don't want to miss this one. Compliance, focus on anti-bribery and anti-corruption. Woo! I want to thank my special guest, Dennis Goodhart, Neil Shack, Jim Goldfinger. Appreciate your playing in the sandbox with me for this hour, sharing great insights and great expertise. Thank you all for taking the time. Shout-outs to Malcolm Kimberlin. Shout-out to Anka Rebel, her last week in New York. And the Business Channel team, Brad, you rock. Thanks for playing our role in on Breaking Guitars. Great idea. Neil, thanks for bringing that to our attention. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Put your seatbelts on. Here's my call to action for you. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie signing off for now. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.